Good morning, and thank you for tuning in to Driven to the Cross radio broadcast as part of Christ's Covenant Church here in McAllen, Texas. I am very happy and blessed that you are here today choosing to listen to the Word of God. We are very blessed to know that you're giving us something that can't be taken back, and that's our time. So thank you for joining us today. As always, our church service starts at 10.30 a.m., so hey, right after you listen to this radio broadcast, come on down and join us at 1320 West Nolana Avenue here in McAllen, Texas, and we would love to have the opportunity to meet you. Let us pray today. Our Father who art in heaven, Father, we do not take lightly the privilege of calling you by that name. We do not take lightly the opportunity we have to enter the throne room of grace with boldness, assurance that you go before us and that you have allowed us access to the Holy of Holies. Father, we thank you that we are here sharing the word, prayerfully seeking your will. Lord, as we're here in your name, we ask for your covering and your blessing, not just upon this church, but upon our communities, upon those who we have yet to reach, and upon those we have reached, Lord, that we would be that living, breathing example for your glory. And also, Father, we want to pray for our nation right now. We want to pray for the nations of the world. We want to ask you, O oh God, to stir the hearts of man, that we would once again turn to you, that you would take this nation right here, cause our leaders to fear you, cause our leaders to reverence you, cause our leaders to uphold the standard of your holy word. Lord, forgive us of our sins. Stir our hearts to righteousness. Stir our hearts, O oh God, that we would have a passion unwavering for you. We ask that you would guide us and direct us. Allow us to put our hands to the plow. Help us, Father, to be the servants you have called us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning, we are still in our series on the session of Christ. And we are talking about how he lives to intercede for us. And there's so much more we're going to be going into in this series. Don't worry, it's not going to conclude anytime soon. But one of the things that we covered last Sunday was that he prays for us. We found that over in John, in the 17th chapter. But I want to take you today into the book of Hebrews. My friends, it should be comforting to us as individuals it should be comforting to us as believers in Christ who have been bought by the blood of the Lamb, who have had our sins forgiven, who have been redeemed and saved by grace, to know that our God intercedes for us. And it's one thing that Christ does and does continually. Uh, in John chapter 17, I want to take you back there really, really quick and show you something before we get into Hebrews. But in John 17, 
I want to read to you just a couple verses. And I'm, this whole chapter is a prayer, so I might just go ahead and read the whole thing to you briefly. I'm not going to preach from this chapter, but there's some things I want you to see. Because there, Christ prays for the restoration, for former glory. Then he breaks it down and has a special prayer for the church. And then Christ goes and he prays for the keeping of the saints and a prayer for the church to be kept pure. And then, and then he goes on and he tells us that there is prayer for the unity for the church. And then he exalts the church. Why is this important? Because in this chapter alone, Christ lays out the example of what prayer is, why to pray, and the encouragement that we should have knowing that He has gone to the Father for us. Listen to some of this. These words spake Jesus and lifted up His eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify Thy Son, that Thy Son also may glorify Thee, as Thou hast given Him power over all flesh, that He should give eternal life to as many as Thou hast given Him. And this is life eternal, that they might know Thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom Thou hast sent. I have glorified Thee on the earth. I have finished the work which Thou hast givest me to do. And now, O Father, glorify Thou me with Thine own self, with the glory which I had with Thee before the world was. I have manifested Thy name unto men, which Thou gavest me out of the world. Thine they were, and Thou gavest them me and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee, for I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee, and they have believed that thou didst send me. Now listen to verse 9. Prayer is this intercession. Listen to verse 9 and how he goes about this. Ooh, this is powerful, guys. Listen, listen. This whole chapter is the intercession of Christ. But listen to verse 9. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. For they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine. And I am glorified in them. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Now, if I were to stop right there, how encouraging is it for you, my friends, that Jesus Christ himself comes and says, I pray for them, Father, that you would keep them. He is going to his Father in heaven and saying, Father, You've given me these souls. You've given me this bride. And I pray for your protection on them. My friends, in that time of need and trial and trouble and turmoil and tribulation and heartache and pain, depression, whatever it is that you are going through, I want you to listen to this. Learn from this aspect right here. Jesus prayed for you. He intercedes 
for you. He's not praying for those outside, for the world. He's not praying for those who are at enmity with him. He's not praying for those who are not called out and part of his bride. No, my friends, he is praying for you as part of his bride. Think about this. The God of gods, the one who spoke creation into existence, has called you by name, has plucked you out as a brand out of the fire, who has clothed you with his robe of righteousness, who has placed a fair miter upon your head, who has charged you to walk and be that example and put your hand to the plow, is not leaving you forsaken. He is not leaving you to do this on your own. No, he has gone to the Father and he says, Father, I pray for them. I pray for them. Give them the strength to go through. Now, now look, look. He says, while I was with them in the world, I have kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me I have kept, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. That's referring to Judas. And now I come to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my joy fulfilled in them. Wow, my friends. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? That we might have His joy fulfilled in us. What is that joy? But doing the will of the Father, being obedient, serving the King. My friends, oh, my dear friends, I am positive that many of you today are out there with struggles, heartache. Maybe you've lost someone. Maybe you have someone who is ill and they're not expected to recover. Maybe, just maybe, you're having financial hardships. There's been a lot of businesses have to close with this pandemic. Maybe, maybe you are having or know someone who's hungry. Just maybe. And yet, what does he say here? That their joy, that my joy might be fulfilled. I pray not that thou shouldst take them out of the world, but that thou shouldst keep them from the evil. Oh, my friends, I know I told you I wasn't going to preach from this chapter, but it's almost impossible not to when you read it. Have you ever wondered, have you ever wondered why when one is saved, they just don't disappear in a twinkling of an eye and go on into glory, fresh, new, forgiven? Wouldn't that be wonderful? But yet, yet, what is it that he says? That you don't take them from the world, but just keep them from the evil one. Think about that for a moment. Look back at all the teachings of Christ and what he gave his disciples to do, the instructions that he gave to them, the ministry that he gave to each one of them. That's why. But that we would have a hedge of protection placed around us that we would 
not succumb to the evil one. Verse 16. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. And listen to how verse 17 opens, my friends. Listen to this. Listen and remember this word. Remember this word. Sanctify. He says, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. My friends, my brothers and sisters in Christ, that word sanctify means set apart or to set apart. What he's doing here is he is saying, set my people apart, sanctify them, Set them apart by thy truth. Thy word is truth. The word of God is truth. My friends, even as Christ intercedes for us, we must remember that we are to be a different people, a called out people, a set apart people, a people who are different or peculiar to the world. That means we're not to assimilate, but to be separate. Now, that doesn't mean we go and form communes. That doesn't mean that we go and be so strange that we can have no interaction. What that means, my friends, what that means is that our conviction, our belief in the Word of God, in Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God, compels us to be morally different, not morally highbrowed, not the type of individual who holds their nose up in the air and has to have an umbrella when it rains because they might drown with the water running in. What I'm talking about here, my friends, is that when we say that we are a Christian, we meet that with service, the work and worship and praise of God, the ministry of God is a priority for us. You know, I was speaking with some youth last night, and we were having our, uh, our, our worship practice, and we were having a pretty good time. And in the, with the youth I was, I was speaking to, there was something profound. I asked them, when was the last time you opened your Bible? And as a typical American youth would reply, well, it's, it, it's not fun. I can't understand that stuff. It, it, it's boring to sit and read. But the Bible says that Jesus right here was asking that we be sanctified by the truth of God. Thy word is truth. But my friends, why do I bring that up? Because if we as individuals are not different, if we are not, if we are not passionate about the things of God, if we are not at a point where the worship of God, the disciple, being discipled by the Father, is of preeminence in our lives, then what is the difference between us and someone who is not saved? 
My friends, if we are truly sanctified and set apart, then we should have a hunger and a passion for the things of God. We should have a hunger and a passion to be like Christ. Listen to what this says next. As thou hast sent me into the world, even so have I also sent them into the world. Remember the Great Commission that we read back in Matthew. And for their sakes I sanctify myself, that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Now listen, listen. Some people would say up to this point, oh, well, he's just speaking about his disciples, those who are right around him immediately. Oh, that, you know, this can't apply to us. 2,000 plus years have gone by. How can that be relevant to us? Listen to what comes next. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word. My friends, all of us are Christians, not because of our own ideas. But I would say to you, I would submit to you, that we are followers of Christ because of the testimony, by action or word, of someone who was a believer. By the power of their word, listen, listen, neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. Oh, my friends. There's power in the testimony of the believer. When you put action to your faith, it then becomes alive. If all you do is say, I'm a Christian, but you live like the devil, then my friends, what is your testimony saying about you? Jesus said, sanctify them. Set them apart. Have them be different from those who do not believe. Why? Because the world is looking for an answer. The answer is in Jesus Christ. If we as individuals who profess to be followers of Christ live the way Christ would have us to live, then our churches would be full. We'd have to be having multiple services. We'd have to have round-the-clock prayer. We would have to have more churches being built. Missionaries will be flooding the areas. But no, in a culture where we desire not to offend or cause offense or hurt anyone's feelings, we bent over so far in trying to help the world that we've fallen in. Dear friends, if you truly believe in Jesus Christ and who He said He is, and you believe the canon of Holy Scripture, 
then you should be grateful that the Bible says, I prayed for you. Those are the words of Jesus. It should move you to a place of trust. It should move you to a place of action. It should move you to a place of prayer. But what do we do? What do we do? Oftentimes, my dear friends, we do nothing. And we say to those around us, well, you know, I went to church three weeks ago, or I went to church last year, or, hey, I'll show up on Christmas, maybe Easter. You know, that, that way I'm, I'm doing good. I can get the stink washed off of me. Or, you know, I've heard this one a lot. <laughs> if I were to go inside that church, it would probably burst into flames. If I were to go inside that church, I might get struck by lightning. Or if I go into church, oh man, uh, something's going to happen. And some people are joking when they say that. However, my friends, if I can walk into a church building, and you can walk into a church building, then others can walk into a church building. But your faith must rest on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Listen to verse 25 and 26, and I'll be running out of time. O righteous Father, the world hath not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me, and I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. That sums up right there. Jesus loved us, loved his creation, loved the Father so much that he desired for his bride to be sanctified, made righteous, and holy. And look at what it said. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. When you have the spiritual love of God indwelling within you, Christ indwells in you. You'll have a passion and a desire to reach others. You'll have a passion and a desire to be obedient unto the work of the cross. You'll have a passion and a desire to do things according to the will of God and what is righteous in God.